When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steel Curtain Network. Hey, Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of the Steel Curtain Network as a part of the Fans First Sports Network, FFSN. Joining me for the Steelers Preview Podcast is Brian Davis and Dave Schofield. Brian, what's up? Good Thursday to you, my friends. Absolutely. Dave, what's up? Like I said this morning, three weeks. Three weeks from now, we'll, we'll, uh, the, the anticipation will be more than we can handle. This is a, a one weekend that I really don't think about football much. This is Masters weekend for me. That's all I'm worried about is golf. I've glued to, I was supposed to work today. I did, but I also watched a lot of golf today. Well, I'll be honest. So, uh, <laughs> but still, um, anyways, let's talk about some news with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I want to ask you all a question, and this is something that I'm trying to think where this came from. I think it might have been on Twitter. One of my Twitter followers, I posed a question about the offensive line, and they came up with this. So JC Hassenauer signed with the New York Jets, Giants, sorry, the New York Giants today. Does it really matter? No, it doesn't. But still, <laughs> when the Steelers didn't put a tender on him as a restricted free agent, the new league year began, he became an unrestricted free agent. The Steelers, that was that's when they brought back James Pierre. But they let J.C. Hass an hour ago. Okay. A lot of people are saying, like, well, Kendrick Green's going to be the primary backup now at center. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, Isaac Sayamalo can play center. James Daniels can play center. Uh, Nate Herbig can play center. Uh, Brian, obviously, J.C. Hass an hour was a really good cook. We heard about all of that plenty uh from the the team and he has his own uh i think he has his own uh social media platform <laughs> his cooking experience but uh big loss for you the jc hasnauer now that i know he can cook yeah you didn't know I mean, that no this changes everything <laughs> now that the chef has i mean now it's a major loss but it really isn't <laughs> it, i mean you know i love i love the contributions of jc hasnauer over the last couple years but those backup centers, those backup backup centers are kind of a dime a dozen. And though, I mean, we've had so many throughout the years, Roger Duffy, we've had, uh, of course, BJ Finney. We had Chris Hubbard who could move all over the line. We've had all of those that we've watched here in Pittsburgh, but you know, you get those guys. And when you know that you have what Herbig could do, you know, you know what uh, these other guys can do, Daniels and Sayamalo. You're not hurting for it. If anything that's going to happen is this also signals to me that there's going to be a center drafted somewhere in this draft, maybe in the third or fourth round. It seems like that's kind of the sweet, sweet spot for center. And it's a nice center draft with the guys like Schmitz and Tipman out there. So I don't really think... This is the old hindsight is twenty twenty thing going, oh, it would have been good if uh, now that he's gone, maybe we should have kept him because the Steelers would have needed him. No, it's just something to talk about. It's Bonnie Wright all over again. <laughs> Dave, uh, thoughts on J.C. Hassenauer? Yeah, sometimes I just don't understand what it is that Steelers Nation wants. Now, I know... Some some of the ones that scream about one thing aren't the same ones that scream about something else. So it's not that they're contradictory. It's just who you're hearing. But you can't want an if you're wanting an upgrade on the offensive line, you can't be upset when the guys that are at the very bottom are gone. 
It's just, it's how it has to work. If you want to upgrade your line, you're not taking your starters and kicking them to the curb and keeping the guys that are, that couldn't beat them out. You're taking your starters and you're bumping them back. And then they're your reserves and you have better guys that are out there. So you can't take, take someone who's just kind of been hanging around and be upset that you decide that you're, that you're not bringing them back for a restricted free agent tender because you've gone out and signed a bunch of interior offensive linemen. It's it's if you're going to get better than those guys that are at the bottom of the roster, have got to get pushed off. So here's, here's the situation that I was referring to that happened on Twitter. I, I brought up something about center and someone said, you know, who should be the center and he has experience playing center in college is James Daniels. And then if you want, you could have Kevin Dotson or Nate Herbig with Samalo at the other guard, either way, you know? And I said, well, wow, that's really thinking outside the box. Because this isn't just a situation where, you know, oh, well, this guy has no experience, a la Kendra, Kendra Green in college, where he only played, what, four or five games as a center. Um, he James Daniels played, it, I think, a lot more than that. We'll put it that way. I, don't, I didn't ever looked up the numbers. But still, what do you think about that? crazy uh, outside the box thinking Brian let's assume there is not a center drafted would you say that the center position is open competition with all these interior guards that were brought in so Jeff and Dave here's my new suggestion I'm you know I hear you're saying eh, let's talk quarterback right now Zach Gentry played quarterback as a freshman in college a little bit let's go ahead and save all that money on Mitch Trubisky and go ahead and make Zach Gentry the backup quarterback that's how I feel about the James Daniels thing. Because look, I realize he he played in college, but that was five or six years ago. You hone your craft at the professional level at a certain position. You should not be moving around that much whatsoever. You have Mason Cole, you have who was pretty darn good last year. And in the same situation, to go back to what Dave was saying, if they drop Mason Cole right now, everybody's most of Steeler nation is going to be lamenting the loss of Mason Cole. That's it. You don't know what you got till it's gone. That whole thing there. Oh, you can't lose anybody on this team unless no, you want them gone. No one's so, saying that Mason Cole is going to get cut. It's I, I, you put out the best five. I, I get it. And I know what you're saying, but you also have other guys that you talked about, not you, but everybody talked about like crazy Herbig, Sayamalu. They have center potential. All of that. No, James Daniels to me is one of the best on that line because I haven't seen Isaac Sayamalo yet in a Pittsburgh Steeler uniform. I've seen James Daniels one year in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform, and I absolutely adored what I saw from that man. So with that being said, I'm not moving him from, from there when there's other guys that could be your backup center. Quick question. Was Dramani Dawson, I know he was drafted as a guard. Was he a center in, in college? I I don't think he was. I, I think can, I think he honed his craft in the NFL. So yes, and, and I understand that. And we've seen that. So <laughs> just, I'm, just I'm not trying to contradict what I'm saying. Yeah. But they went ahead and drafted him in the second round out of Kentucky. I know, I know his story, yeah. But do you know what they did in the third round? Chuck Lanza, center, Notre Dame. Chuck Lanza did not work. So since Chuck was not the answer, they moved Dermonty Dawson at that point and saw what he can do. It's a little different when you're a, a second year player. I'm talking about a sixth year guy in James Daniels. Right. I guess before I throw it over Dave, I just want to I would say like, I'm not saying I fully support this idea. This I like being challenged to think differently than the common person. And when I was, this was brought up, it made me think about this. I was like, well, shoot, if James Daniels is capable and they feel like they have better guards and he could be that, that could be your best five. That's what Mike Tomlin talked about at the league meetings. He wants competition to have the best five offensive linemen possible. Then I don't think you leave a stone unturned. Dave, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, Dermonte Dawson played. The best I can say is that he played both center and guard in college. Okay. It's it's too long ago to really figure out who was, you know, how much of each, unless you can remember actually watching him play in college in the 80s, which 1987 in Kentucky. 
Yeah, it was his last year. That was in, was eighty seven. Oh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, bad. While I get your point with the Zach Gentry thing, there's a. It's it's kind of about I put it as a half truth because I understand what you're saying and I do like guys getting comfortable with where they are on the offensive line, but trying to compare going from tight end to quarterback is is like apples and oranges. I mean, at least these guys, none of them are eligible to touch the football except the center to snap it. To me, what the Steelers have done with their signings and what they're doing otherwise recently is that they're looking at their interior offensive line kind of they're kind of wanting equal stuff from every guy all of them it seems like could possibly play all three positions with the exception of Kevin Dotson and he's the one who's been here the longest so it just might be their change in philosophy with how they want to do it I think for us right now to say hey I think they're going to put Daniels there I don't know oh they're going to try Herbert now Sam I don't know maybe they try to, to do that but for now I'm just saying let these guys play where they're the best, and and if they really just let it work out, and all our speculation is basically out the window because we don't know what they're going to do with that. No. All right, so that's the show. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we wanted to do. Hey, we talked JC House now. We're good enough. <laughs> hey, I, I like the competition. I like having things open up. And speaking of changes with new coaches, the Steelers have a new coach in Glenn Thomas. Uh, he, oh boy, my gosh, some people on Twitter. I mean, we have a whole show dedicated to, it's an audio only show. If you're just new to the program, what Ian's talking about all the hot and toxic takes from social media, mainly from Twitter. Oh, when Glenn Thomas was named the offensive assistant, which is really pseudo passing game coordinator, probably. Everyone's like, well, it's on Byron Leftwich. And oh, the, the Roonies are cheap and they don't ever want to pay for the coaches. This guy's got some connections to the Steelers with, uh, you know, um, Pat Meyer. I think he had coached with him before. Uh, we have our own Kevin Smith is doing a breakdown on that. Uh, Brian, when you saw the new assistant coach hire, what did you think? I'm not going to be a doubting Thomas here. They know what they're doing. All right, Dave. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, Brian, did you use did you use all your word count talking about Zach Gentry and JC? No, I don't know. No, it, no, it was a doubting Thomas joke that just <laughs> yes, I know. The, the just I, know, I got gotcha. you. No, no, no. It was Ooh, did not land. My goodness! All I know is that I've heard that this guy is already the Steelers' 2024 offensive coordinator, and I've also heard that this guy was so so bad he got yanked as being a coordinator in the middle of a game. So. That's where it falls for everybody. You either love this or hate it, or probably what most of us do that aren't talking about it. Like, hmm, it's interesting. Let's see how this works out. I I think about the fans need to remember this. What was the alternative? They do nothing. Yes. <laughs> they do nothing. They don't bring I'm shocked they did something this late. Exactly. I mean, this was about the same time that Pat Meyer was hired last year, wasn't it? They were going um, through a lot of these pro days and stuff without a offensive line coach. If I remember correctly, I'll have to go back and check that date. Yeah, that, that it could, was, cause it was, I mean, I remember Brian Flores was in the middle of February. Yeah. yeah it was middle of a basketball yeah, game, middle of a basketball, <laughs> half time of a basketball game. That was in February. So, but you're right. I'm trying to think of when Pat, and, and then of course, an assistant offensive line coach was even later um, that that did take some time, but uh, Hey, I'm, I'm just glad they did something. They did something, and I said this on my Friday Let's Ride podcast, and that is that last year, I remember we had people on our staff, people on social media for sure. When they hired Pat Meyer, they were just up in arms, just furious. Oh, my gosh, this guy's horrible. When he was with Carolina, they didn't do this. When he was with the Chargers, they didn't do this. Was anyone complaining about Pat Meyer last year? Is, is Was anyone calling for him to lose his job at season's end? I mean, I'm being honest. Did anyone hear that anywhere? No. At midseason, no. yes. Because nothing was going right. Everybody's job was being yeah, called for. Yeah. At the end, like if he walked right now, it would be Armageddon. There'd be people on, with pitchforks and uh, fireballs and whatever they do. Well, going crazy. But you also have those Steelers fans that 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 that, that think. 
you know, the great Mike Munchak will come will roll in on the clouds from the eastern sky, and that and then that way they could then re- replace him as an offensive line coach because apparently he's the only answer. Um, you know, whether he's in the sky or he's you know, you know, hovering at the surface of the waters in his bare feet. You know, he, he's so wonderful. That's the only thing that could ever happen. Um, that's the only thing that I heard people that were complaining about Myers because you know they didn't have you know the 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 greatest offensive line um, guru that have ever graced the planet um, under contract anymore. So again, so the the connection here, the parallel is that here we have this Glenn Thomas individual, and most people are like, I don't really know much about him. I mean, yeah, you read the bio from the Steelers official website, and you see he has a ton of college experience. He's got some NFL experience as well, and you're thinking. I don't know what to think. Well, first, you can just let it play out. And let's be honest, we're not going to hear from this guy much at all. I think before the season, there's that week in between the regular season and pre after the preseason when all the assistants get interviewed, like Eddie Faulkner has to talk to the media and stuff, and they ask him about Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. You might hear from him then, but you're not going to see hit. You might see his fingerprints on the offense, but he's not going to be calling the plays. I would, I would unbelievably, I highly doubt that he would. Um, I just think that this is one of those things where I think some Steeler fans just want to react just to react. Like they just want to have some type of emotional response when sometimes it's just kind of like, well, okay, I'm happy that they have brought in an offensive coach. It could be yeah. worse. Brian, what do you think? I know when they bring in the new ball boys, I'm, I'm like looking at all their bios and seeing, <laughs> looking at their MySpace accounts from 2008. You know, I mean, everything people just want something to talk about right now. And when this is the news, you got to make it bigger news. You know, back in my day, when I started watching the Steelers and when like Bill Cower was hired, nobody knew who nobody knew who any of these guys were unless you read the newspaper and read you know, the sporting news every single week and delved into all of this stuff. You could have a subscription to Sports Illustrated and not know who Bill Cower was back in before 1992. You know, that stuff wasn't covered. So there's so much to know right now and knowledge is so much power and we want to go ahead and chime in on everything. Did you did you reference the sporting news? Yeah, remember the sporting news uh, was cool. Football was Digest cool. was cool too. Steelers Digest was cool. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I did. We did not get that. My neighbor did, and so I would read it like secondhand. But it was still pretty cool to see like a newspaper. Um, but it so wasn't was like, out of style, so that's okay. Did you used to get a Beckett magazine? I remember Beckett. It wasn't. I thought Beckett was more for trading cards. It was, but I just yeah. asked if you had Beckett. Yeah, that's <laughs> how so you found out the you value find, of your cards. The only good thing about going to the doctors was if they had Sports Illustrator or, or Sport Magazine, which is long gone. Too. Dave, go ahead. Anything to add to that? <laughs> Seattle has two losses. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know where to go from there. You're you're mentioning all these magazines I've never heard of. You never heard, heard of sport? sporting news? Nope. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. You guys don't understand this. I grew up, you know, my hometown had probably 15 times more cows than people. I mean, I know that was I going to go see a magazine. No, that's like saying you've heard of, you heard of sports illustrated where you lived, right? Yeah. We, yeah. We ended up with a subscription. Not that you had it, but you had heard of it. Yeah. Well, the the sporting news was a pretty large publication at that time. I'll take your word for it. Did you ever go to the doctor, Dave? What did you read when you went to the doctor? No. Who goes to the doctor? We're not driving an hour to go to the doctor. What are you talking about? <laughs> not even Highlights Magazine, Dave? Highlights. Now, <laughs> Highlights, they had that in school. They did. But, no, I, I, we were a lot of used resources. to always get Sports Illustrated for Kids. I used to always get those at the, the library. Sports Illustrated for Kids, yeah. All right, uh, that trip down memory lane, that's done. Okay, uh, real quick before we take a break, I want to ask you all about free agency from a kind of a overall perspective. And and basically, what do you think that has done to the Steelers' team needs as we prepare for the draft only a few weeks away? Uh, has it changed anything for you? Does a, has a position that was at the top of your list not at the top of your list anymore? Brian, we'll start with you. No, I think everything is still exactly where it is. Maybe offensive line has gone from must-have to luxury for the future. But they're still going to do it, 
It's just not, you've got to have this guy or the next 10 years are bust. Dave, what about you? They are where I thought they would be. And that is let the draft come to you. Yeah. So what is your top pick or top team need? If you had to rank them, Brian. So for me, it's corner. And if you listen to bad language the other day, I, I am not opposed to the fact in the first three picks, first two picks, get two corners. I have no problem with that. If they were to go to do it and these guys were two top-notch guys to uh, start looking at the future of your team in the defensive backfield, I would say let's party like it's 1987 and go Rod Woodson and Delton Hall. Double up. Double, double dip. Up. I'm sorry, that's du- what you said. Double dip. Double dip, double up, double bubble. Double bubble. That's good stuff. Dave, what about you? What's your top team need right now? Yeah, well, and it's funny because you guys know I don't like the term team need because honestly, in my opinion right now, they need nothing. They have everything that they could roll into week one with the roster they have right now other than you know filling out some things like third quarterback or, or whatnot. So when you talk about need and things like that, it's not a need that you have to have it for this season. It's you're looking to upgrade. You know, where's the best place you could have an upgrade? I like Brian's notion of of corner. I like I, I, I still like tackle. Now, if you listen to Stat Geek this morning, you could hear me rant about Dan Moore Jr. for 30 minutes and about how I think he's getting a raw deal from a lot of people. I'm still not conv- convinced that Dan Moore Jr. right now isn't their best tackle. And that's why you could have that's why you could afford to have an upgrade. So that's that's just how things are going there. So that's so to me, it's like if they it would be great to upgrade a tackle, but if they came out of this draft and it didn't fall right where they didn't even draft one at all, I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. Uh I do I think it's a great opportunity to add another cornerback with somebody like Patrick Peterson in the secondary who just loves to pass on the stuff that he knows and and, and share his knowledge. That's an awesome opportunity for this team to get a, a young player there if the draft falls for him that way. Yes, but if something happens where they don't, I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. So to me, it's not that they that they have to have it for 2023. I just say it's the biggest places that they could use some improvement. The uh, Mike Tomlin's comments at the league meetings would definitely jive with what you were talking about as it pertains to the offensive tackles. I mean, he was specifically asked, like, hey, are you comfortable? And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we don't see comfort, but I'm mm-hmm. yeah. happy or something like that. That's yeah. what he said. I, I, th- I think the organization views the tackle situation vastly different than the fan base. I honestly do. They wouldn't have given Chooks that huge deal last offseason. And they wouldn't have kept Dan Moore where he is. They could have replayed, they could have brought in someone last offseason. And and they 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 like him. They clearly they, they like him. I mean, what is he what did you say today on the stat geek? Two thousand snaps or two thousand how many yeah, two thousand two hundred and forty offensive snaps in two seasons. No offensive lineman for the Steelers has ever played that many snaps in their first two years. We're generally right now. If Dan Moore Jr. was the typical fourth round draft pick, we would be excited about him coming into this season because it would probably be his year to show that he can play. Because that's how the Steelers usually do it. They don't th- they don't have them start like that. But he was part of that 2021 draft. You had to do what you had to do. And then with and you had mentioned this before, Jeff, Zach Zach Banner, he never got better enough to play. Yeah, Dan Moore Jr. had to step up. Good stuff. All right, we're gonna take a quick break on the YouTube Facebook side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the audio side. Be right back after a word from our sponsors. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. Second half of the Steelers preview podcast. And I have a question for you, Dave. It's a good time to ask you this question as Brian is taking a respite. Um, you do the mock draft Monday every Monday. Yes, and I do. I that, that can be kind of tedious for the website. Uh, when you look at a mock draft, and, and I know that you try to pick unique players every single week. So oh, there's no get... try. I have to. <laughs> so this, <laughs> That's my so own that, imposed yeah. rule. You right. haven't told me I had to, but yeah. I feel like I have to. So when you look at a mock draft, 
do you just look at who the Steelers take? Do you ever oh, look absolutely. at the process? So you don't look at the process no, or anything? I do. I look at all that because you're asking specifically about mock draft money. So I'm going to enlighten you with what I do. Well, there. it could be anyway. Yes. I, I just brought that up because you do yes. that column. But I'm and, saying, like, for instance, if you look at a mock draft, <laughs> What, yeah. how is, what is your process for looking at a monster? So, so that's a great question because you're, I hope you don't think of it as, as a Dave answer, but it's really two different answers. If I'm trying to find a mock draft for mock draft Monday, I am strictly looking at the Steelers pick. And if it's someone I've already done or um, that I move on. But yeah. once I find that draft that I'm going to highlight, I am definitely looking to see who else would have been there for the Steelers that they had the Steelers taking at that point. And I'll even talk about it at the end because a lot of people that read it, they might skip over where I give my take on it at the very end. And it's like, uh, why would you take this player when this other player dropped like crazy and you could have had him and he didn't go till 21? I would not like how this played out for the Steelers. Or sometimes I say, hey, this pick actually makes sense for the Steelers based on the way this draft fell, that that was probably the best player for them to take right there. So I absolutely look at where other people are going and not everybody. I don't care where the quarterbacks go. I just want as many of them to go early as they can. Cause the Steelers, that, that's not what they're doing this year, but I players that are on my radar, ones that have been on past mock draft Mondays are ones that I, I would like for them to be, to be in possibly in on if they're available. I, I I'm checking them. I'm checking those. I'm checking some the tackles, the corners, some uh, you know, a couple other things just to see who's around. And and that's why sometimes I'll highlight a draft to get a different player, but I'm like, uh, they passed up on this other player that I've already highlighted that they should have taken there. Yeah, you kind of the way you process things is similar to me. I, when the Steelers pick at 17 and I look at a mock draft and I'm the one that I do more of the national ones, you know, the mock Shay, the Kuiper, the Reed from ESPN. Did there. you call mock Shay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not do that. That's just a mental <laughs> that, process. No, that's I funny. Go. I love it. That's a, that's a good one. That's, I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I'm, yeah, that's what you should call them. That's great. Yeah. Um, so I always want to see, I'm curious, especially at, at 17, it's kind of like this no man's land in, in the NFL draft world. Where are the runs, you know, and, and it's going to happen. It happens every year. I find it, the, especially in round one, it's so fascinating to me. So you see, when are the quarterbacks going to be gone? How many quarterbacks are going in the top 10? I mean, you're talking about, is Will Levis even going to get picked before 17? Or is he going to be someone that is looking at falling all the way till, I don't know, 20 something. And then after that, will there be, offensive tackles going like crazy or will it be cornerbacks and this is where it comes down to where the Steelers board falls in regards to where do they prioritize positional desire I guess because you know Jeremy Betts I had him on my show I have him on my show on Fridays he said that he does not believe the Steelers take a best player approach in the first two rounds he thinks that they have positions that they want to target and then they look at okay if they're available which position do we covet the most so I do find some value in the processing aspects of a mock draft. I don't take them as gospel or anything like that. Brian, what about you when you look at a mock draft? I just look at that. And for those 30 seconds, I realize that that's who the Steelers picked and go on with my day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sarcasm font. Um, a lot of people do that though. Yeah. And, and they <laughs> do, you, you know, here's the thing. And Dave mentioned something about the quarterbacks right now. I am singing the praises of Hendon hooker, like crazy. I want Hendon hooker to go in the top 16. Why? Because that's going to push somebody down to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want running backs. They're talking about, uh, Bijan was it Bijan Robinson. I believe they're talking about him where he can go in the top 10 now where before he wasn't, and I'm like, yep, pick a running back. In fact, pick three running backs. In fact, everybody, running backs are the flavor of the month. Take them all. I want five running backs to go before the Steelers pick. That would be awesome. Is it going to happen? No. But push some of those guys down. When I look at the difference between, say, Joey Porter Jr. is there, uh, Devin Witherspoon is not. You know, Joey Porter's there, and maybe Peter Skaronsky's still there. Or maybe, maybe uh, Prince is there. Or excuse me, Paris. <laughs> Why I called him Prince, I don't know. You don't have to uh, be rich to be my girl. Sorry. <laughs> and that, that was number one this week in 1986, by the way. Um, but so all I'm saying is if you look at these guys 
<laughs> and where where they're being picked. And if you're facing them off, if you how many of those tackles that you know that would fit the Steelers mold are there and how many quarter cornerbacks are left because you have that luxury of that 32 pick. If you're deeper in corner and it's not as deep in tackle and you have those on the top of your list, well, then go for the guy that is uh, that there's less backup there. There's uh, less of a surplus at that position is kind of where I like to go there. Because I'm doing all these mock drafts on, I think it's PFN, the simulator, in which the simulator is a bunch of crap because it, it doesn't really take much into consideration and has some needs and the computer picking them isn't really real. I had a mock draft the other day, no trades, but my gosh, I, I would be the greatest Steeler GM of all time if this happened and it fell to me that way. It's nothing that I did. It's just the luck of knowing who these guys are. So be careful with those mock draft generators because they don't really tell the true story. But when you're looking at mock drafts, you can do a lot of what Dave does and just see really, you can kind of forecast with where you know if the Chargers were ahead of you and they've been ahead of the Steelers a lot in the last couple of years. I know they're not this year, but when you can look at them and you know exactly what they've taken in the last couple of years, what they're taking now, you pretty much know where they're going to go. And you look at those teams when Najee Harris was being drafted, you looked at the teams that needed running backs. And if you wanted Najee last year with Kenny Pickett, if you wanted Kenny Pickett, you knew when those quarterback teams came up and you really were invested in getting Kenny Pickett and Carolina went and they took somebody else, you went, they didn't take a quarterback. So that means that the two or three on your list still remain. And if there's three on that list, they keep moving down closer to you at your own position. So it's really fascinating to know the mock drafts now and to help study mock drafts because it helps your experience on draft day. Very good. Dave, anything to add? Has too much time passed to say that Brian singing the praises of a hooker is just an average Friday night? Um <laughs> Sorry, sorry, that was that that, that was a while ago. Oh, I, um, I want okay. I want the Steelers um, to remember <laughs> the uh corner named Hooker, Malik Hooker. Yeah. I wanted him mm-hmm. so bad two years ago just so I could buy my wife that jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. no, um I, I could go there. No, I'm not, I'm not going to. But uh, what were we talking about? No, sorry. I, I, it's okay. We can move no. on. I have a couple other <laughs> questions before trivia. No, no, go go for it. But All right. but no, because Brian was basically answering the question after I did. So I, I, I got to say my, my part All already. Right. So there's a couple of players on the Steelers roster that when I look at, you know, the offseason workouts are getting ready to gear up in the month of April. And they start off and it's just them working out. They can lift, they can run, work with the conditioning staff, all that, all that. And that's phase one of OTAs. Phase two, they can start to work with position coaches. And then I think it's phase three is when they actually have football-like things and it's football in shorts and um, and that's mandatory minicamp is in there. So with mandatory minicamp, and it's obviously – I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Do you think Akella Witherspoon is on the roster for mandatory minicamp? Dave, we'll start with you. I'm going to give you a Dave answer. Depends on how many cornerbacks they that's, draft in the, in the draft. That's, that's part of this. That's part of the projection. Is that yeah. what, what, why we so I, I I'll answer it first to give you an example. Uh, no, I don't think he's on the roster. I think that he is in the, uh, Oh crap. Uh, who's the inside linebacker they kept until, <laughs> He got Miles Jack. Um, yeah, that, that was Joe Schobert. Joe Schobert, yeah. He's in the Joe Schobert range right now, in my opinion, where it's like, well, if we had to keep him, we could. But if we draft a guy, he's out of here. So I don't think he is. Dave, do you want to Yeah, um, your answer? And honestly, I don't know that there's that much. I mean, it's $4 million on the cap. I'm per, pretty sure. No, is it $2 million? I, It's It's four. Because uh, him and Levi Wallace had the exact same contract, and the way I, we almost looked at it last year was, hey, these two guys, depending on how things play out, they might have gotten the same contract because only one of them is going to get the second year of it. But I also wouldn't be shocked if Akello Witherspoon isn't on the Steelers come Week One, but he is there through training camp, and they just realize they don't have to hold on to that many corners. 
That what wouldn't shock me. Okay. What about you, Brian? No, I think yeah. they do their job. They get what they want to get. And I think they're already living life without a Kello Witherspoon on the roster. The next guy is Gunnar Olszewski. Dave, by minicamp, you think he's still on the team? He's another one of those guys that he's really not worth his contract, but he really isn't going to save you, save you a bunch. I would not be shocked if Gunnar Olszewski is still on the team into training camp as the kick returner until they see what they have with Calvin Austin III for the first time. That could be what saves him until that long. But if if something happens where they have the, another type of player like that that they take in the draft, then, then it's out the door. Hmm. Okay. What about you, Brian? That also depends on a Miles Boykin if he shows back up in black and gold that also, and you know, Calvin Austin, the, the third is uh Calvin Austin three, three nineteen says, I just ran past your bleep. You know um, I, I think they're so excited for this guy and to see what he can prove. And, but I still think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are drafting some kind of receiver, especially a slot guy. And I think he shows up at camp, but I think he ends up being a camp casualty. Yeah. Okay. Good, Dave. No, I'm just going to say, I, to me, I don't want him in the receiver co- equation at all. The only way that he's sticking around is if they have no other option as a returner. And but the fact that he got benched last year at that job makes me feel like it would be a serious downgrade from last year. So please don't do that. But until you have someone else, there's no reason to move on from. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think he is. Um, maybe he gets an invite to to camp. I don't know. Now, the next one I want to ask you all about, he's actually not on the roster right now, but I want to see if you think he'll be back. And Brian brought up Miles Boykin. That's not it. It's one Derek Watt. What do you think about that, Dave? Is, is there a reunion with the Watt brothers in the making at some point? I, I like waiting to after the draft. Cause you just don't know yeah, where the Steelers are going to go for the draft. Yeah. So I don't, I don't blame that at all. And so many people uh, that I've seen and some of it's on our Slack channel is they're like, Oh, you, you can't, you, you can't have Watt back for that kind of money. I'm like, you really think they're going to pay what they paid him the last time? No way. No way. Derek Watt. I think he'll be back in Pittsburgh because Derek Watt for every passing day is, is another, is, is another couple grand off what the expectation would be. And you wait until that gets down to the, to the uh, veteran salary benefit contract that then you can offer him and he's willing to take it. What about you, Brian? Well, you as my friend, Captain Soundbite, Dave Schofield, <laughs> loves his soundbites, in which we haven't had a lot tonight. I'm almost disappointed. But I'd like you to go back to 1982 and a very critically acclaimed movie, Starring Richard Gere, Deborah Winger, and Louis Gossett Jr., it was called An Officer and a Gentleman. And one of the major sound bites you could get from there is Richard Gere going, I've got nowhere else to go! And that's what I think of when I think of Derek Watt at this point. Derek Watt is, he is an accomplished special teamer. And he's the kind of guy that the Steelers can go and say, hey, look, we're going to go ahead and give you uh, some gift cards to TJ Maxx and, uh, you know, unlimited smoothies at Smoothie King. And you can come on in here and uh, still play with your brother and uh, still raise your family in Pittsburgh and come on in. What do you say? Do you want to retire? Do you want to stick around another year? And we'll give you this. And Derek Watt is probably going to say, I've got nowhere else to go. And he's going to stick around. And it's, and he's going to be good for the team. So, you know, I, I, I think he's back. This is a tough one. I, I'm I'm leaning towards no, but Brian brings up a, a compelling argument there. Um, and really? so <laughs> first time I, in no, a while. when you there kept on go. when you kept on Broke saying I've got, right twice a day. That's right. When I'm you sorry. kept on saying I've got nowhere to go, I kept on I think I thought to myself, how many teams use a traditional fullback anymore? Not many. Like not many. There's not a demand for that. And especially if he's expecting the price tag that he got from Pittsburgh. 
and how many teams use a traditional fullback and don't really use a traditional fullback that it's still in one of those things that they have that they want to put out there five to 10 times a game, but not any more than that. Can I say right. one more thing about Derek Watt? And I'm going to be completely serious. One thing I loved about having Derek Watt on the team last year, I would say in late November and December, when it was third and inches or fourth and one, you knew the ball was going to be handed off to Derek Watt. And I think it was five out of six times where he was successful. And it was one of those things that it was almost like death taxes and Derek Watt first down. Okay. Last one. I didn't think of this. Someone put it in the live chat. I I can't remember who it was, but it's a good thought process here. The guy's been cut. So he's a free agent, but there was always thought of what if he comes back and it's a different contract and that's William Jackson, the third. What are the odds that they bring back William Jackson the third on a more team friendly deal, Dave? What ooh, do you think? Ooh, ooh, okay. Well, first of all, Brian, that was eight out of nine, just so you know, for the yeah, season okay, last good, year. Good. I like that. Nine <laughs> rushes, eight of them were for first downs. So, um, so yeah, and I'm uh, that's not even looking at uh, hold on, wait a second, receiving. He had five receptions, only one was for well, well, one was the first time because it was a touchdown. Sorry. Um, so you said William Jackson the third. I had a feeling you were gonna ask this one. To me, if you want William Jackson III and William Jackson III is willing to come in and try it, if you can sign him for what you would save by cutting a Kello Witherspoon, go for it. Okay. So one for one almost. Yeah. What you can't you, bring him back and still keep, keep Witherspoon and no. draft someone. And yeah, it's right. just not yeah. going to work. What about you, Brian? Barbaro's dead, but I'm still going to beat him. I've got nowhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, like Dave said, it's got to be the right price. It's got, that's what it comes down to. And he, and he has to be healthy. Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody wants a, a bill. Well, because he already proved he wasn't healthy and he's already proved that he wasn't the right price. Correct. So those two things, have a to lot change. of things would have to change. <laughs> all right. Brian, you said you do not have trivia, right? I do not. Okay. Dave, it's all you. Yeah, okay, here's my trivia. I am currently going through twice a week, usually on Tuesday and Thursday. It's my whatever happened to the class of article series where I go back and look at the Steelers' past drafts. Um, It's nice because I did all the research, so all I have to do is tweak it a little bit every year. In years past, I started with 2004 because Ben Roethlisberger was still on the team. This year, not didn't go back nearly as far. 2011, because that's the eldest statesman of the team, won Cameron Hayward, drafted in 2011. To put into context how long ago Cam Hayward was drafted, that was the the draft that didn't get a training camp because of the lockout. Doesn't that seem forever ago? Wow. That was a long time ago. So here's my trivia question now. Based on last year, Based on last year, how many players from the 2011 NFL draft played in at least one game last year, according to Pro Football Reference? How many players do you think are left? Well, I know uh, Von Miller Mm -hmm. still played. Uh, Cam Jordan still played and Cam Hayward. I was going to say 12. That's three. Um, uh, I'm, I'll go. Uh, I'm low, I think. I'll, I'm going to go 18. Jeff went what? 12? Yeah. Okay. And you were both under, but not much. It was 21. 21. Wow. But some of these, you know, you're not going to get back. JJ Watt um, is one in there. Um, let's, let's see. There was, there was another retirement. You never know. Yeah. You know, well, that's true. You got Blaine Gabbert that got one start last year. So he counted, um, and, and, and some players there that, that are pretty interesting when you look back at, at who's still playing, um, in, in the league. Uh, I, I found that was interesting. Now. Hey, can I fall- jump in real quick? If you're going to change that. Oh, okay. One, yeah. One more thing to say about that, especially the first round, I was just joking about, the two cams that went, there was a cam that went number one that year, Cam Newton, who might actually play this year. Yeah, who could, who's trying to come back. Yeah. So there could be others that were there. Maybe they were injured, uh, just didn't get on the field, and next year they could. So I, I just went with that, and that was based for on pro football reference. 
How many players do you think are in the NFL? No, they had to be drafted, not on you know, not not undrafted guys. So you're not counting the kickers and for the most part there. How many players do you think played last year at least one game that was drafted before 2011? That was 2010 or earlier. So you're talking players last year that they had to play last year at least one game. So Tom Brady. <laughs> um, Tom, yeah, Tom Brady. So you know, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, sixteen. I was gonna go with one dollar. You should have gone. You should have one higher, Jeff, because it was thirty four. Really? Yeah, there's thirty four players that were drafted in 2010 or before that still played in the NFL last year. You got players like um, Trent Williams and got Dominican Sue, Al Woods, uh, Ryan Suckup, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, of course. Al Woods um, was drafted. Huh? Al Woods was drafted. Yeah, he was drafted by the Seahawks. Okay, uh, fourth rounder. Um, Matt Ryan. Um, Let's see. So some of the Colt McCoy, he appeared in three games last year. Um, going through some Josh Johnson, um, uh, <laughs> Deshaun Jackson, uh, just to highlight a few of them. Joe Flacco, uh, Nick Folk, uh, Calais Campbell, Mason Crosby, and Tyson Alawala. Just Calais to highlight a few a beast. Yeah. So I was surprised at that. Oh, JPP was another one to throw him out there. You know that, what um, yeah, that that there's still players hanging around from my goodness. That was, I mean, they came into the league under that uh, under the other collective bargaining agreement that, that didn't even have a rookie scale. That's crazy. Who was the last quarterback to hit a huge payday before that collective bargaining agreement? Anyone know? Rookie. Uh, wasn't it was it Sam Darnold? Not Sam yeah. Darnold. So Sam, what's his name? Sam, yeah, you know it. You just thought it's to the tip of my tongue. Why must because I said Darnold by mistake. Sam Hubbard, Sam no, the no, number one pick back. Yes. He was the number one pick of and the then Rams. He, got, he played all over the place then. Swimmy, swammy, swanson. Maybe it's on the briefcase. Yes. Oh, why am I saying because it was right? Sam it was Bradford. After Stafford. There Sam it Bradford. is. There it is. You've got to be kidding me. Sam Bradford, you know what? Oklahoma Sooner. I would be very impressed. Hey, Kathy, tell me why I should have known that. She's in the live chat. She should know why I should have known that. The mighty so, duck himself. No. Uh, right. Rather than wait for her, I know she'll get it. That was the last name of the main characters in my in my novel. <laughs> and I didn't remember it. You named the guy Sam Bradford? Bradford? No, the last name was, was Bradford. Wow. Well, I mean, when I write my novel, it's it's going to be one Hartman Schofield. <laughs> Is it going to be Jefferson, though? Bartholomew? Jefferson, Jefferson Bartholomew. Oh, it, it could be. It might be Dave Warren. I don't How know. many pages is this novel going to be? Mine? Yeah. Oh, I, roughly about six. <laughs> oh, no, no, it, no, it's probably going to be about eight or nine hundred if he if he uses my Twitter handle more than twice. Yeah, oh, that, that's true. Uh, you know, I love the 80s, so I can do an epic 80s novel if I ever sit down and have the time to do it. Uh, and Kathy, to answer your question, I've got I've to use this summer to, 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 to do one final edit, and then it should be this fall is with book two. Hey, Jeff, you do book reviews. How come you haven't done a book review of, <laughs> he does, of Dave Schofield? He does do, sports books. I do book reviews. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought you did. If I had time to read books, it would be fantastic. Yeah. I spend all my time listening to podcasts because you guys want to talk so much. <laughs> That's what we do now. Pays That's what bills. we do. Pays the bills. All yeah. right. Let's do some final thoughts. Brian, go ahead. My final thought is this. It's three weeks away and your head is going to be swimming with all these different guys. When we talked about Matt mock drafts earlier, you know, they are not in black and gold until Roger Goodell shakes a man's hand and he comes out wearing an ugly draft hat that looks like it came from 1993. That's what it's going to be. So I'm kind of going the, the Dave Schofield route where I'm looking at, I'm not going to get too excited over guys because they might end up in purple. I get that, but I know I'm not going to be able to keep up with that. I know that leading up to this draft, I have so many guys that I'm 
I'm trying to find out who they are so I know more on draft day and I have more fun on draft day. So with the draft coming up, enjoy this process, knowing that anything could happen with the Pittsburgh Steelers and who they're drafting and just have a lot of fun with it. But know in your heart that the guys in that war room are pretty shrewd and they're not going to make the mistake. You might think they make a mistake, but how many people do we know that were laying on a living room floor, pounding their fists on the carpet because the Steelers picked Kenny Pickett? How many do we know that sat in a Zoom meeting and yelled, no, not Pickett, no, not Pickett, no! And now, after realizing who these guys are and what happened, aren't going to trade them for anything. And so that's the beautiful thing about this draft. Trust the process when a guy that you you might have done 17,000 mock drafts and this guy didn't come up, you don't have a scouting department in the living room like the Pittsburgh Steelers do. And know that just shut up and get to know that guy. Because how many guys do we know that went on a Facebook rant in 2014 when the Steelers did not take Darquez Denard and took a guy named Ryan Shazier and denounced his fanhood for about 13 minutes until he looked looked up Ryan Shazier and said, ah, he might be pretty good. I'm not going to say that guy's name, but it rhymes with Shrian Shranthony Shmravis. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't think you were going to say that. I was going to thought you were going to say, Sir Dave, tell me what that rhymes with. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess I'm next. Yeah. Final thoughts, yeah. Final thoughts. Three weeks from now, we're getting close to 10 o'clock. You think the Steelers will have picked yet? Yeah. Probably get probably getting close. 10 to 10 30. Well, because I'm trying to think of, of, of when it was you know, Najee Harris was 24. He was picked 24. We didn't expect that until between 10 30 and 11. I, I can't remember how it all played out. All I know is that three weeks from now, the three of us. We're going to be talking about this after the pick. Hopefully, we're going to have all you that are in the live chat here again. Plus, there'll be a lot more hopefully coming in and wanting to talk about it. And I just want to be able to say one thing. Man, I can't believe the Steelers got that guy at 17. That's what I want to be able to say more than anything. I can't believe the Steelers got that guy at 17. That, to me is going to be what's going to make the draft the best. I, I don't even care what name it is. I really don't. I just want to be able to say, I can't believe they got that guy. That's what it really comes down to. That's what they mean by best player available, which, of course, we say best player available at a certain position. So, because you really just want to be that, man, that's going to be someone that's going to make this team better. Come out of this draft with players that are going to make this team better, hopefully some better in 2023, much better in 2024. And I, I'm just, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to get my container. I just want to get my popcorn ready because I'm, I'm, I'm ready for, for that next player to be announced with the Steelers. All right, good stuff. So next week we'll be back for another Steelers preview podcast talking about well, whatever the hell we want. So, uh, Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. All right. We'll see you next week on another Steelers preview Everybody else gets a little tight. <laughs>